We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage My IQ. I'm your host, D-Bake. Joining with me as always is Jim Delulo. How's it going, Jim? Doing good, man. I'm ready uh, to talk some fights. I missed it. Uh, we didn't get a fight last week, so I'm looking forward to this, man. It's a big card tonight. Or this hey, weekend, sorry. Exactly. So how was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? Usually we have a fight card that weekend, but this yeah. is the, the first year that we didn't. I didn't know what to do. Um, honestly, it was a washout yeah. here in New Jersey, so it rained a lot. Um, luckily we had NBA playoffs, which was great. We had, uh, Manchester city versus Arsenal or versus Chelsea, which was a great game. So, uh, we had sports to hold us down, but I did miss uh, my UFC fix. Yeah. I, I was able to at least watch the regional scene, which I watched CFFC, uh, both nights, which was great because it was right here in the Philadelphia area, yeah. but there's nothing like the UFC. So we're going to talk about a uh, UFC fight night. Uh, Rosenstruck for Sakai right here this weekend. But before we do so, I'm going to let you guys know about a couple of our sponsors that we have on here. The first one is 99Jersey. Use promo code SportsboxShow20 at checkout to receive 20% off your next purchase. If there's a jersey you like in football, baseball, basketball, 99Jersey is the place to go. Just don't forget to use promo code SportsBoxShow20 at checkout to receive 20% off your next purchase. And then one of our new uh, sponsors right now is Odds Jam. We're partnered with Odds Jam. It's the best place to find ways to make risk-free money bets on sports. They've got the arbitrator calculator that you can use. And then w- once you go to Odds Jam, you never want to go anywhere else. You, you feel like you've never lost a bet. Once you go there, you can look at all the different odds of the different sites, pick the best one, and go with there. So definitely go to Odds Jam. You can go to the link in our bio to check them out on the website. So definitely do so uh, yeah. right after you're done watching this. And then our newest uh, sponsor is High Tide Herbal. Use promo code CAGEMYIQ10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. Uh, these guys, the owners here are coaches, and right now they're also athletes, so they know what to, what to go through with uh, the aches, pains, and injuries. Uh, all the products have CBD in it, so definitely check out uh, all the products at High Tide Herbal. And like I said, use CageMyIQ10 as the promo code to receive 10% off your next purchase. Yeah, man, that's uh... – Products with athletes in mind, uh, high tide herbal. Exactly. So that's the that's the way to go. I use their soup, and the soup is great. So I recommend that when you're going to their website. Yeah, I'm a CBD guy, so I'm going to be heading my way over there. Yep. But let's get started on the on the first fight of this card. Uh, this card has six fights, which I think is really good because yeah. each fight in itself uh, is is great matchups. And so this 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 was quietly built into an underrated card. 
okay. uh, in my mind. But yeah. the first fight is a middleweight matchup between Dusko Tavoracic, who is 10 and 1 and is the minus 165 uh, favorite, going up against Gregory Rodriguez, who is 9 and 3 and is the plus 140 underdog. How do you feel about this fight? This is a good fight. This is a good card in general, like you said, to kind of echo what you had said. This is a, a card that's showcasing talent that you may not have heard of, but you've probably seen. These are all exciting fighters. I'm surprised with this fight in particular that the the odds aren't crazier. Uh, Rodriguez took this fight on one week's notice. You know, uh, he was he recently fought uh, the 21st, I believe, or maybe the week after 28th, and uh, for the, for LFA. And now he's just jumping in here fighting the UFC. So with this one, this is actually a fight that I'm going to go to odds jams and put some money down on, Dan. Uh, I'm excited about this one. I think that this is going to be a closer fight than a lot of people are saying. Maybe the odds makers know a little bit more. But with Dusko, uh, I think that his keys to win is moving forward and getting Rodriguez to the cage uh, to get the takedown because you have a grappler in Tadrovich. Uh, and a striker in Rodriguez. Dusko's probably going to want to use some uh, clench work, mix in the body shots. Uh, we know that Rodriguez has prepared for a five-round warp a week ago, so he's coming in fresh. It's not like a crazy weight cut. Uh, you want to mix in kicks and disguise those takedowns because if you're going up against a wrestler like we've seen with Askern, which we've seen with uh, Curtis Blades, you know the blueprint's there. So Rodriguez yeah. or, or Dusko should probably – Mix in, the, uh, mix in the kicks. And then make time on the ground count with ground and pound. Uh, that's his bread and butter. He he goes down there and he just kind of like blankets you and just starts smashing your face in. Where Rodriguez, I think that he needs to be the aggressor and ride high on his last win. He's coming in here with an LFA title defense. Uh, he's got the two-inch reach advantage, so he should use that to keep uh, Dushko at distance. And then he needs to work the body to drop Dusko's hands to open up for headshots because even though he's got four submissions, Rodriguez is a banger and he has four knockouts and he's looking to KO Todd Dodgerich. I told you I was going to give, put my money down on someone. I'm putting money down actually on Rodriguez because I think he has the the best chance of winning this, uh, you know, as far as the underdogs on his card. But I'm actually going to go with uh, Dusko by ground and pound. Ah, interesting. I'm, I'm putting money on the underdog. But I'm, I'm going to go with the favorite in this pick. Yeah, before we get into mine, if you, you look right here at the screen, you got uh, Dusko, who is from Serbia. He's 27 years old, weighs 186 pounds. He's 6'1", with a 74-inch reach, and he fights out of Secular MMA gym. Then you got Gregory Rodriguez, who fights out of Brazil. Uh, Deerfield Beach, Florida is where he, he's fighting out of. He's 29 years old, 184 pounds. He's 6'3", with the 76-inch reach, and he fights out ex-gym. You got Dusko. He has elite uh, takedown defense. He uh, defends 100% of his takedowns, so he's one of the best at doing that. And he has good striking. He always game plans to be elusive in his fights and likes to keep things moving. And then... Uh, he moves his head all at all times to avoid shots. That's a good uh, tendency to have. You don't want to be fighting and have your head just keep staying straight because then you take a lot of damage. So he's always moving his head to avoid damage. One of his bad tendencies is to keep his hands low and move his chin back instead of moving off target. 
So if you want to catch Jusco, uh, you just got to wait for him to drop his hands low, wait for the right time, you hit him, more than likely you're going to catch him. He's not good to bend against the fence and, in the clinch, and he's good for knees and kicks. His chin has been a, a, a suspect thing in his uh, career. So with him dropping his hands and then taking shots, if you, if, like I said, if you catch him, more than likely you're going to knock him down. Then you got a guy like Gregory Rodriguez. He has a, a, a Muay Thai background. He's always moving forward, keep, keeps his head in one place, and constantly comes with power. He relies on a straight right. When, and then when Dusko gets in range, he's going to use it. When he grapples, he looks to hit his opponent with knees to the body and punches as well as go for takedowns and sweeps. He tends to attack submissions too much, but likes to use his weight against the opponent. His pace starts to wear down as the fight goes on. But I feel in this matchup, like I, I was leaning towards Dusko, but then I've heard so many stories about his his neck being so long and him being superb to uh, to submissions. Yeah. It's easy to lock in submissions on him. I thought about that. Then I thought, Gregory Rodriguez, I don't think he's going to do that. But what I do see is I see with him dropping his hands low, I could see – if you want to go on odds jam right now, Gregory Rodriguez first round TKO. I can nice. see him dropping his hands down low and then getting popped by Rodriguez. Rodriguez usually comes out with a flurry in the first round and he has power. So if he catches uh, to Dorovich in the first round, he's going to put him to sleep. Yeah, and this is uh, Rodriguez's, I think, second go around at the UFC. I think he was on yeah. a cont- uh, contender series guy. Uh, just didn't really fit the bill for what they were looking for. It's it, I'm curious to see how this plays out on the ground. I know, you know, Dusko is a really good ground yeah. grappler, but Rodriguez is a BJJ black belt too. So you got two really well-versed grapplers going up against each other. This is a, this is my sleeper fight. Actually. I think this is going to be a banger. Yeah. Like, like if you want to get more money, you can shoot for the Gregory Rodriguez by submission. Uh, like I said, with uh, Dusko have the long neck. A lot of people are going to ride on uh, Dusko in this matchup. Yeah, I just one. look at, at ten. I just like Rodriguez because of his style matched up against uh, Dusko, and then the fact that he just fought a few yeah. weeks ago. So he's going to be the more I wouldn't say fresh fighter, but he, he, he's he's still got that drive within him. Whereas it's been a while since uh, Dusko has fought. So. Yeah, and Rodriguez is coming off a win and Dusko is coming yeah. off of a loss. And, you know, that long neck, man, uh, that's <laughs> great for rear naked chokes. Exactly. Or so I'm curious to see where they go. Yep, so am I. But let's move on to the second fight on the card, which is the middleweight matchup between Tom Breeze, who is 12-3 and three and is the minus 240 favorite going up against Antonio Arroyo, who is nine and four and is the plus 200 underdog. How do you feel with this matchup? This is another exciting fight. I think the theme of the main card is a lot of people coming off of a loss. Um, yeah. Tom Breeze is coming off of a loss to Amari Akhmedov and uh, Antonio Arroyo is coming off a loss against Darren Wynn. So they're both two and three in their last five. Uh, these guys are both prone to knockouts, each having four. Uh, Tom is more ground control, has seven submission wins to Arroyo's four, both went to the judges once. So I don't expect this one to, to go to the judges. You have a boxer in a in, um, Breeze and a striker versus Arroyo. 
um, and a BJJ black belt with Tom Breeze, like I said. So let's look at Tom Breeze first. His key is the win. I think uh, use the jab to keep Arroyo moving backwards. That's Breeze's go-to, and he's got a really clean jab. Yeah. He's uh, very good at keeping distance and you know lulling his opponent into getting hit with that jab. But he can't just rely on the jab like in previous fights. He needs to use more combinations. Uh, he doesn't throw as much as any of the... I think he throws close to the bottom as far as everyone on this card. And then mix in takedowns. Uh, you're expecting a striking match with a boxer and Tom Breeze. So if you can shoot, get uh, Arroyo on the ground, you're going to go with, you're going to be able to kind of wear him down, blanket him again, and shoot for those, ta uh, for those submissions. Whereas Arroyo, I think he needs to use combinations as well to drop Breeze's hands. He's a knockout artist as well. Use those combos to disguise that really tricky spinning heel kick that he has. Um, that's his go-to. That's his favorite uh, striking move. And then he needs to stuff the takedowns. Um, with this fight, I'm actually going to go with uh, Tom Breeze, uh, England's own. Uh, winner, I'm going TKO. Second Ooh, round TKO. Nice. nice. As you see here, we got Tom Breeze. He's fighting out of the United Kingdom, uh, Birmingham, England. He's 29 years old, 186 pounds, 6'3", with a 73.5 reach uh, on him. And he fights out of Ultimate Training Center. Then you got Antonio Rio, who is from Brazil, and he's fighting out Sore Para Brazil. He's 31 years old. He weighs 194 pounds, 6'3", with a 73.5 reach. And then he fights out Morajo Brothers Team Gym. Uh, with this matchup in itself, you got uh, Breeze. He's a southpaw, and he likes to move in and out of his opponent's range to throw and avoid shots, so you know that he's going to keep the pace going. His footwork is uh, immaculate. He, yeah. He's known for his footwork. He likes to use his jab and uppercut. It, one of his favorite things that he likes to do, which a lot of people don't know, is the body kick. He likes to use the body kick. Uh, to attack the orthodox fighters uh, to keep them off pace. The one mistake that he makes is in grappling. He tries to do too much on the ground. He, he, he doesn't stick to his basics. And when he does too much, he usually gets submitted because he puts himself in bad situations. And then he needs to use his left hand when uh, Arroyo extends his hand. If he can do that, he could get that uh, knockout, like you say, that you think he's going to get. On the other hand, you've got Arroyo. He has a karate stance uh, and background, and then he t tends to telegraph his striking too much, which is, like I said before, he extends his hand too often. His cardio has been a work in progress, and then he's not good at the takedown defense. His leg kicks and quick striking will be his best friend in this fight, and he should use takedowns to keep Breeze honest. So even though he's bad at the takedown defense, it's really good at getting takedowns. Yeah. And the one thing in this matchup that is is going to get me with both fighters is the cardio and then uh, and then the grappling. Yeah. I think uh, Rue's going to start wearing out. Uh, but if he could get the fight to the ground early, I think it's going to favor him, it, it, even though that, that he has bad cardio issues. Yeah. But if Breeze can get this standing up, Keep it standing up and then just start throwing that jab. Get the movement. Go in and out, in and out. I feel like this should be him all day. I don't think he's going to win uh, by knockout, but 
but I could see him winning by a, a unanimous decision. I feel okay. like he's going to put in the volume. The jab's going to get going. He's going to go in, go out. He's going to use the, the, the kick to uh, keep Arroyo from shooting at him to get him down. And he's going to be able to do that and then wear him out at the same time. So I got a time breeze by unanimous decision. Yeah, I mean, we're on the same page with the winner, right? Uh, one thing yeah. to note about this fight, um, when you were going over the weights, I know Arroyo came in 10 pounds over on his last fight, but that was a catch weight. So yeah. it's not that he's moving down a division. He just, I think it was a short notice fight. He wasn't able to drop down to 185. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. But uh, like I said, you got him by a KO. I yeah. got him by unanimous decision, which which either, like I said, go to Odds Jam, check out the odds, and pick which one you like better. Because yeah. either one's good with us. Yeah, there a lot of these fights, you know, when you're looking at the card, there's not like a, a huge favorite. No. Like it's a lot of like virtually even, which is which is great. It's a, a fun night fights. Yep. Makes our job difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But let's move on to the third fight in the card, which is a middleweight matchup between Roman Delitze, who is 8-1 and and is the minus 150 uh, favorite, going up against Loriano Staropoli, who is 9-3 and and is the plus 125 underdog. How do you feel about this matchup? This one's going to be exciting, too. You, again, both guys coming off a loss. Roman lost to Trevin Giles, una unanimous decision. And uh, Lariano lost to Tim Means by unanimous decision. Um, grappler versus striker. Roman's a grappler, traditional grappler. Lariano's a striker. If we have Roman, I think that he needs to secure the takedowns. He needs to use what he's good at. Uh, he's got this smothering ability to get people on the ground and keep them on the ground. He can't plant his feet and turn into turn this into a slugfest. Uh, Loriano throws a high volume, uh, and but he takes a lot too, but not as much as Roman throws. Roman should look for the submission. Uh, he's got a, a tricky heel hook that he's used before. I, I real, I'm a big fan of that, and he needs to use that five inch reach advantage. To uh, he's 76 inch reach advantage to 71 reach advantage. Uh, with Loriano, I think he needs to stuff the takedowns. Uh, Roman is great on the ground. So he needs to push the pace and throw a lot like he's known to. I think he throws like 6.4 uh, per fight. Uh, yeah. Don't, But he headhunts, and that's the problem. He can't just headhunt. Loriano throws a lot of jabs. I'm sure you're probably going to talk about that when uh, when you do your breakdown. And he tends to neglect the body and legs. He needs to become more of a versatile, even fighter, distribute the punishment throughout the body, um, and then use the leg kicks to prevent the takedowns. If you don't have wheels, you can't get those takedowns. Roman shoots two and a half times per, per fight. So I expect this one to go to the ground at some point, if not like right out the gate. Like this is an early ground fight for me. Uh, with that being said, I'm going with the ground guy. I'm going with the grappler, Roman uh, Dolezal, with a uh, winner by submission, second round that's, submission. That, that's a good one in itself uh, uh, just because uh, of the skills that he has. Yeah. But uh, first, I'm going to bring up uh, the tale of the tape, of course. You got Delitze, who is uh, fighting out Georgia. Uh, well, his nationality is Georgia. He's fighting out U Ukraine. He's 32 years old. He's 185 pounds, 6'2", with a 76-inch reach, and then no affiliate whatsoever right now. Just he's training, got, training in the woods. Training, training in the woods. Of, yeah. yeah, Ukraine woods. 
Then you got Staropoli, who is from Argentina. He fights out of La Plata, Brennis Ares, Argentina. He's 28 years old, 174 and a half pounds, 6'1 with a 71 and a half reach uh, on him. And then he fights out of Invictus MMA. Just like you said, classic uh, wrestler versus a striker. With Staropoli, though, is he goes with volume and speed. But he doesn't have that much to it. Like he's not going to knock you out. He's not going to put you on your uh, on your ass. But he's going to rack up the volume. So his game plan obviously is going to go go with the jab, hit him, keep moving, keep moving around, just keep the pace going. Uh, whereas Delitze, he's going to look to try and get the fight to the ground uh, on this one because that's that's going to be his best friend there. Uh, Delitze's. He has issues with the head movement and then his striking, so that's why he's going to try and go for the grappling. That's where Stropoli can get this one. Uh, uh, probably get this fight is uh, with Delitze's head movement. He just keeps his head right there, so he he's going to be in line to get hit a lot. Yeah. It's just not going to take great uh, uh, power damage from him because it's not going to put too much. And then Stropoli likes to switch his stances a lot, so that's going to help him confuse. Uh, to say, and then he he favors his kicks a lot. The one thing though he d- needs to work on is he doesn't block his hands when he's kicking. So he's always kicking with his hands down. So uh, to let's say if he can avoid a kick and shoot for a takedown, that's going to put him in a good positioning. Yeah, catch but, the kick, catch the kick, and sweep the leg. Yeah, and then get him down, and then just go with the with the ground and pound and try and wear him out. If he can't get a takedown, it's going to be tough for Delitze to win because he's not going to be able to out-volume Strawberry. If this fight st- is standing up the whole time, it's going to be hard-pressed and not to go to Odds Jam and put all my money on Strawberry because he's going to he's going to clear house with the volume. Yeah. Did but we mention? If, did we mention that this episode is sponsored by Odds Jam? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but if Delitze could get him down. Uh, he's going to be in good shape because he's going to prevent him from doing any damage uh, because all he does is volume. I feel he can take him down, and I feel like he's going to do it several times, and I feel like the judges are going to take in a lot from that because Strappi is still going to get the volume, but it's going to be hard-pressed to go against the guy that's going to probably control the pace of the fight in uh, Delitze. So I got Delitze by unanimous decision. Nice. Nice. It's going to be a good one. Um, you know, like you said, Stropoli, Stropoli, Jesus, I am pronouncing every name wrong. I'm sorry, guys. Um, he drops the hands on those kicks. And, yeah. you know, if, like you said, if he can slip that kick, you know, Roman's got some some hands. So he could throw some, throw some fists in there and, you know, get the takedown or get the knockdown and then, you know, do mm-hmm. your, do work. Yep, but uh, let's move on to the fourth fight on the card, which is probably one of my favorite fights on this card altogether. It's a welterweight matchup between Santiago Ponzinibbio, who is 28-4 and four and is the plus-110 underdog, going up against Miguel Beza, who is 10-0 and 0 and is the minus-120 favorite. How do you feel about this fight? Conflicted, man. I feel super conflicted with this. Do you remember a few years ago when Ponzinibbio was like the guy? He was on the rise in the division. Um, then he got hurt. Then COVID happened. 
uh, and now again he's bounced coming off a loss right to a knockout yeah. loss to uh from by lee Baeza, who has, might have one of my favorite nicknames in all of mma carmel thunder uh is riding a 10 fight win streak he's beat matt matt brown takahashi sato hector aldana victor reina uh matthew colquin he is on a tear but then you look at again santiago who who has fought the higher caliber fighters right Neil Magny, he beat Neil Magny, he beat Mike Perry, Gunnar Nelson, Nordin Talib, he's beat all those guys. I'm conflicted, like I said, but these are my these are my keys for these guys. I think that Santiago needs to set the pace. Uh, Baeza yeah. is going to push the pace and likes the fight, where Santiago likes to let the fight develop. He can't do that with this guy. Uh, Miguel, Miguel's going to come through with hands of fury and try to knock out the biggest name of his career right now, which is Ponzinibbio. Um, he needs to win in the clinch. Use the elbows when exiting. We've seen this in his fights with Mike Perry and with uh, Gunnar Nelson. Use those elbows. Use the dirty boxing. Shoot for takedowns and smother him on the mat. He's not going like Baez is not going to expect Santiago to shoot for a takedown. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's gonna he's gonna try and use his stand up work. He's known for his stand up, but he's got six submission wins, which is fantastic. Uh, with Baez, he needs to keep his back to the cage to negate those takedowns and keep the fight standing. With both fighters uh, having good grappling abilities in the clinch, I think the clinch is going to be the the biggest aspect of this fight. And whoever can do more damage in the clinch and win the clinch, I think is going to be the the winner if this goes to the judges. Uh, with that being said, I think it goes to the judges. I'm going with Miguel Baeza getting his 11th win in a row by decision. I think this goes to the judges. Yep. I'll start things off uh, with uh, Ponzinibbio. Of course, he's from Argentina. He fights out La Plata, Argentina. He's 34 years old. He has 171. He's 171 pounds. He's six foot with a 73 inch reach, and he fights out America American Top Team. Then you got Miguel Baeza, who is from the United States. He fights out of Florida. He's 28 years old, 171 pounds. He's six two with a 74 and a half inch reach. And he fights out MMA Masters Gym. This is a classic matchup where you got Ponzinibbio. He's the veteran. He's coming off a loss. He hasn't fought in almost two years. He's a guy that likes to fight along the cage. Yeah. That's probably his best trait is when he gets a guy up against the cage, he presses him up. He just hits him with the combinations. And he usually is one of the best at that. He uses a lot of feints, a lot of jabs, and he tries to keep his opponent moving forward, backwards because the best time to get an opponent is when they're moving back. Is uh, he, he moves pretty well, but he has range issues. So, like you said, he tries to keep things close in the clinch because that's the best way he works. He hasn't been the same that he he was before, but he still packs a, lo a lot of power. One thing, though, with him that's going to be uh, uh, to watch is whenever he gets hit and he, and he falls down, it, which has happened several times of lately, more than likely he's going to lose. He gets knocked down. He, he, he's, he, he doesn't come back up the same. He loses a little bit of uh, energy with it. because Don't know why. Maybe it's just the chin, but he survives, but then he gets hit again, and then he just falls down. Yeah. And winds up losing. I don't Whereas, think I'd get up. 
<laughs> me These either. Guys knocked me in the chit. I'm not getting up. I'm probably. I'll, I'll, I'll just take the paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, uh, I'm done. But then you got Miguel Beza. He is probably one of the most underrated boxing prospects that we have in the UFC. Yeah. He's very quick. His movement is uh, 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 one of the one of the best. He's a technical striker with great hands. One of his uh, negatives is he tends to leave his lead hand low too often. And then he walks back to help with kicks and measurements. So, like, he keeps it low, and then he moves back to ch- keep the, uh, the range of his kicks. And then he puts himself in danger by doing that, where he should have his hands up and blocking the whole time to make sure he doesn't uh, take anything back. He loves to take the back after a takedown and then go for, like, a submission there. That's where he's most comfortable. And then, uh, of course, he's 10-0. He hasn't lost anything, and then uh, he throws a lot of leg kicks. But one thing he needs to d- start doing, which uh, Ponzinibbio were uh, get him with, is checking kicks. Yeah, because Ponzinibbio would throw kicks as well, but he checks kicks. So if he if he doesn't start checking kicks, he's gonna uh, take damage back for that, and likely uh, inflict uh, a lot of pain on himself by yeah. doing so. In this matchup, though, is uh, I feel like Baze is going to be a lot of a uh, lot for uh, Ponzinibbio to handle, and with with the way that Ponzinibbio keeps him, himself low and goes for the clinch, I feel like it's going to work into Baze's favor where he's going to use his boxing and movement. And he's just gonna it's just going to be too fast for him, and then he's going to at some point he's going to get knocked uh, knocked down. He'll get up. But then once he gets knocked down, it's over for him. Like I said, he gets knocked down once, he, he's basically lost the fight. It's just in the odds. You know, like I said, good odds jam. Uh, and she got the odds there. But uh, but with this matchup, I feel like Miguel Bees is going to win by a second-round knockout. I think the first round you might see Ponzinibbio uh, going to the clincher a lot and trying to wear Beza down. But with Beza being the, the more fresher fighter, the younger fighter, and the faster hands, I feel like he's going to do a lot of movement around the cage, uh, and then he's going to pick and choose his shots. And then when he hits him, he's going to do damage. And he's going to avoid the the the, the stuff that uh, Ponzinibbio is going to want to do. He's going to dictate the fight, and he's going to wind up at some point catch uh, Ponzinibbio with a with a nice uh, uh, shot that's going to put him sleeping. So I'm going to go second round TKO by uh, Miguel Beza. Oh, I can't argue there, man. We're both going Carmel Thunder. Uh, again, fantastic name. I wish that could be my nickname. I think we're even on. Like, I think we're. I, I think four, so. Right? Uh, is, I think, this your, is this your fight tonight? This is my fight tonight right here. Same. And like, like I picked this in all my other things going on. I was just on another podcast, and this is the fight that I picked. And uh, that's what I'm sticking with. I just feel like Ponzinibbio has all that. He's twenty-eight and four, so he's fought a lot. Yeah. But then Beza is the young and upcominger. He's ten and zero. He's he's looking to go eleven and zero. He's looking yeah. to make a name for himself. And they're both super exciting. Mm-hmm. Even though Ponzinibbio hasn't fought in two years, he's an exciting fighter to watch. Exactly. And but don't don't hesitate on this fight. No, watch this fight, and uh, and then once you watch it, you you know why I'm saying second round knockout. But uh, moving on to the co-main event of the evening, we, uh, 
here's the heavyweights that we're getting to now. Yeah. We got a heavyweight matchup between Walt Harris, who's 13 and 9, is the plus 145 underdog going up against Marvin Tavora, who is 21 and 6 and is the minus 170 uh favorite. How you see this fight? Yeah, man, this is uh it's every fight card. There's a, a tale of two different records, right? One going yep. in one way, one going the other, and here we are. Uh, Walt Harris has lost two in a row. Um, obviously, he had out-of-the-cage issues with you know everything with his stepdaughter. So I really don't blame him for those losses more because he, mentally I don't think he was there. Whereas Marcin Tybora has been on a tear. Uh, I remember when I thought he was going to be close to getting cut and now he's, you know, four in a row, Greg Hardy, Ben Rothwell, uh, Maxime Grishin, Sergey Sp- uh, Sergey Spivak. So he's out there just proving himself in this heavyweight division, trying to get from, you know, the bottom of the top 10 to the top. Uh, I'm curious to see where this one goes. Uh, if I'm Walt Harris, I want to be the aggressor. Um, in my mind and in my opinion, Walt has seen gun shy in his last few fights. And I think that's because, you know, mentally, again, he wasn't there. How could How could you be there after that gruesome act that happened to his family. Um, If he throws like he did, let's say in the Alexi Olenek fight, where he's using like jumping knees and flying knees and spinning elbows. uh, And when he throws like he was on the winning streak, more openings will develop. He can't just sit there and try and box. Uh, He needs to find a home for that lead uppercut. Um, He has a very good uppercut, very underrated. It's partly why he has 13 knockouts. Uh, He's not going to take you to the ground. He's not going to let this go to the decisions if it's if he has his way. Um, and then he needs to mix in body shots and leg kicks to drop the hands for that uppercut. He doesn't really tailor his fight towards like pounding the kidneys and the liver. It's more of just head hunting. Uh, and then you look at Martin Tybura, who is the definition of consistent. Seven KO wins, seven submission wins, seven decision wins. So this man is well-rounded. Um, he should work the outside. Don't stand there and bang with Harris. Um, Harris is a knockout artist. You're not going to win a, a boxing match with him. Tybora works on, uh, should work on the body and legs more like he does in most of his fight as he doesn't work on the head as much. He is a body leg prep, you know, throwing those, you know, those leg kicks. Shoot for takedowns. Uh, I don't think Walt's going to expect, like most heavyweights, aren't going to expect you to take him down. Uh, the, you know, when was the last time we've had a true wrestling match besides a Curtis Blades fight in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. DC, maybe. So two, three years ago. So if Marcin shoots for uh, more takedowns, he might catch Walt by uh, off guard. He's a BJJ black belt, which is fantastic. Uh, and a multiple time BJJ medalist. That's uh, Marcin Tybora. So I'm going to actually go with the favorite on this. I don't even think I picked an underdog, underdog this entire time. Uh, I'm going with Marcin Tybora. I think he's going to get the win by decision. Although I would like Walt Harris to win and get back to his winning ways because he's an exciting fighter, but I'm going to go with Tybor. Yep. Yeah. First, we got Walt Harris. He fights out of Homewood, Alabama. He's 37 years old, 254 pounds. He's 6'5 with an 81 inch reach, which is something to note there. He fights out of American Top Team. Uh, then you got Marcin Tabora, who is. Uh, fighting out of Poland, he's 35 years old, 255 pounds. He's 6'3", with a 78-inch 70, uh, uh, reach. And he fights out S4 Fight Club and United Gym. This is a classic example where you got a uh, Marsh, Marcin uh, Tabora who has 
very good cardio, but suspect chin against Walt Harris, who has bad cardio. And then he he has a good chin, and he's a knockout artist, but he he doesn't use what he has the right way. He, he, what he should be doing is he has a great wrestling background, and he tends to use it, but at the wrong times. A, a, a thing that I always say with him is he always rushes out right away and, and then goes for the knockout. He goes just batshit crazy, and he tires himself out when he should be using the wrestling right away and then going with the striking. His striking is very underrated. It's just that he he puts all of his eggs in a basket right away instead of taking his time and and, and picking in peace in his opponent part, whereas Marcin Tabora has really good inside striking game to go with his cardio. He has good movement. He moves around. Like you said, he shouldn't be moving around, keeping Harris moving. And then – I think the the key to this matchup is one move that Tabora makes that he's going to probably make early on to dictate the fight, and it's when uh, Walt Harris goes for like an overhand right because he's going to try and he has a lot of knockouts, so he always goes with the overhand uh, right. He likes to duck his head and then and then sweep for a takedown his opponent. Yeah, he's and I feel like he's going to do that early and often against Walt Harris. And when Walt Harris gets taken down, he's down. He has no takedown defense. He's a fish out of water in those type of matchups. He doesn't know what to do in those situations. And he tends to uh, just lose there and just lays there where he gets submitted. If you want to – like, not not joking with this. If you want to go to odds jam and get a good bet, and I'm serious here, Third round submission win by Tabora. That's a Man. perfect spot to go with uh, Tabora there because he's going to get the takedown. And in the third round, uh, you're going to have Wart Harris who's going to be tired because he's going to put a lot in the first round. He's going to test Tabora early, but he's not going to get the knockout. I feel Tabora's going to be able to avoid it. His chin has been doing a lot better lately in fights, and he's been uh, the game plan better. So I feel like he's going to. Get a lot of takedowns. He's going to do a lot of ground and pound. Harris is going to just hang in there. And then in the third round, he, he's going to take him down and then get that uh, third third round submission victory. Damn, man. Does Walt Harris owe you money? That was the most critical I've ever seen you uh, breaking down a fighter. <laughs> he, 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 gets, he, he gets all this love right now, which he started out great in his career. And then he's just falling off. He's falling off. Uh, and it's not like he's far like uh, the best of uh, guys. It's just that he he doesn't you know, try and get better. Like we've seen guys like Derek Lewis, who, yeah. who we've been critical of, of late. And he's hired a nutritionist. He's yeah. added kick by, a little bit of uh, kicking here, knees there. And then he's gotten his cardio better. He's changed yeah. things up in his uh, – in his camp, this guy has stayed at the same. So, and he's been, so he's been at American Top Team the whole time. I don't remember him being the ATT guy. I think this might be a, a switch for him. I think it might have been a switch. So, you know, who knows? We might see a leaner, yeah. more disciplined uh, Walt Harris. I, man, I'm Listen, I, you are uh, a, an, an analyst. Yeah. That was a, a great breakdown on a fighter. I was just... 
as your friend, I was not ready for that. Um, so you took me by surprise. But, uh, you know, watch <laughs> Walt Harris come out here and just, like, get a heel hook. You know what I mean? Like, first round heel hook. Watch he, he, <laughs> he watch he just walk up there and boom, knock him out, and then just walk back out. Yeah, I'm never going to come on cage my IQ. <laughs> That'd be great. Yep, yep. But uh, uh, that's my take on uh, Walt Harris. Uh, yeah, it is. If, if, if he wins, you're never going to see me again. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, after that, let's move on to the main event of the evening. Uh, one, one of the most uh, anticipated matchups of the card, of yeah. course. You got a heavy matchup between Jorginho Rosenstruck, who's 11 and 2, as the bias 120 favorite going up against Augusto Sakai, who is 15, 2 and 1, as the plus 110, uh, plus 100 underdog. How do you feel with this matchup? This is going to be a good one. This is a, a great one. And I think this, obviously, you know, we, we talk about ranked fighters, and I, I usually say, like, this big fight is going to be a title shot. That's going to get you a next title shot. I don't think the winner of this gets a title shot. Um, if I'm being honest, I think the winner of this gets Curtis Blades. He's the only one in the top five who's not booked right now. Uh, so let's say Rosenstreich or Sakai comes out of this early. That's the fight to make, in my opinion. But when we break down the fight a little bit, you have two knockout artists. 21 knockouts between the two of them. Um, both coming off of a loss. Rosenstreich lost to Cyril Ghosn. Uh, and uh, Sakai lost to Alexander... Uh, Alistair Overeem. So my keys for Jorinzo is to use light kicks. He's been implementing those light kicks more recently uh, to keep Sakai at bay. Use combinations instead of just throwing that left hook, which we've seen. I, I kind of expect this fight to kind of play out like the Overeem-Rosenstroik fight. Not, the, not in the sense that it's going to be a last-minute knockout, but I think it's going it's to be a grueling one. Um, push the pace, get his back to the cage, and then go to work. Um, I always think that uh, Rosenstreich is a small fighter. For some reason, he looks small in the cage. He's six foot four. That's not mm -hmm. a small man. And he's going up against, he's the taller uh, fighter going into this. If I'm Augusto, he's going to have to mix it up. Uh, Jorinzo is going to use those leg kicks and he's going to head on. We know that. Uh, so he needs to work the body. You know, pepper in some uh, liver shots, pepper in that leg kick, uh, pepper in that body shot with, the, with you know, your lead leg. And then keep the fight in the middle of the cage. If Rosenstreich gets Sakai to the cage, it's going to play exactly how it happened with Overeem. He's going to knock him out. He's going to clip him on the chin. It's going to be game over. Uh, with that being said, Dan, I'm not going to be mad at any of these fighters if they win. And I'm not going to treat them like you treated Walt Harris. But I'm going to go to odds jam. And I'm going to put money down on the favorite. Uh, Dreams of Rosenstreich by knockout. Second round. Nice. First, we got uh, Rosenstruck, who fights uh, Paramibre at Surinabe. He's 33 years old, 254 pounds. He's 6'4", with a 78-inch reach. And he fights out of Team Biggie Boy Jim. Yeah. Uh, then you got Augustus Sakai, who fights out of uh, Coribe, uh, Piranha, Brazil. He's 30 years old, 261 pounds. He is 6'3", with a 77-inch reach. And he fights out Gael Ribeiro team, Jim, and then the Gucci team, uh, Jim, for a striking. This matchup in itself, um, you got Augustus Sakai, who has a Muay Thai background. He, he relies on pressuring forward against the, the opponent. 
and then just laying off with the combinations uh, here and there. He throws combinations. He pushes them back. And he, he likes to go uh, close the distance, and then he goes in and out of range. He tries to put on a little bit of volume early on to overwhelm you. And he throws this low cap kick uh, that uh, he likes to use to keep the distance. Whereas Rosenstruck, he's the classic counterfighter. Like you think of Leonardo Machida and, and whatnot, where they, they wait for you to attack and then they throw a counter to uh, uh, to combat it. They, they, they're thinking, try to think two steps ahead. With this, uh, with the Rosenstruck, it, because he does it so much, they you think of him as a passive fighter. He's afraid. He was afraid in the, the Francis Nagano fight, and he got pushed back, and he got knocked out. And then in the Gan fight, uh, him and Gan were so passive. Uh, Gan won because he was just doing a lot of what you would expect from Sakai. He moves in and out, in and out, in and out. But I feel like there's going to be a glaring, uh, two glaring weaknesses in this fight that's going to lean towards one way. Whenever uh, Sakai throws that uh, uh, that lead kick, he has a tendency of that kick in uh, car. And uh, Rosenstruck is really good at catching uh, leg kicks. And then he can throw him down or throw a punch back at him. And then he throws this, he also throw, extends his right hand with his uh, striking. And I feel like what Rosenstruck's going to do is he's, he's going to move his head back like he does, which is usually like a, a detriment to him. He's going to move back, and then he's going to throw his uh, uh, right hand, and he's going to catch him uh, and knock him out in the first round. I feel like Rosenstruck has more to uh, lose than Sakai here because yeah. Rosenstruck only has two losses, uh, but uh, he needs this victory to stay within that top five range because if he loses here, he's going to get pushed back to to the top, uh, bottom of the top 10, and it's going to be even harder for him to get back to that top five spot, whereas Sakai, he's already in the bottom. He's fighting to get back up. So if he loses, he, 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 he probably goes to 10 or 11. So it's not a big change for him because he's at like eight or nine now. Yeah, I think whereas, he's at seven. Yeah. Whereas, this is a six-seven matchup yeah, right now. He, he, whereas he wins, he gets put into that top five. So he has a lot to gain, a lot to gain, and not much to like fear about. Whereas I think Rosenstruck's the opposite. He, he has little to gain because there's all those guys in front of him, but he has a lot to lose. Yeah. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go with the the first round knockout by Rosenstruck. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're on the same page, man. I think we're at six for six. This is yeah. a fight. This is a fight card, honestly, that I think I could get every fight wrong. Uh, I am. I'm gonna. I'm telling you, I'm not confident in any of my picks, but uh, I went with my gut on a lot of them. But to your point about the rankings with this, you do have the the six and the seven guy, right? So yeah. if Rosenstrike loses, who and he's already been there, right? So he's fought yeah. that his only two losses are to the champion, and I think number three, right? So he's going to want to avenge those losses. Then you have Augusto, who who's trying to get there. If he wins, I think he just jumps spots. He takes number six. But if Rosenstreich loses and Tybora wins, they're going to flip spots. You're going to go from six to nine and nine mm -hmm. to seven. So you're right. Rosenstreich has so much more to lose from this than Sakai does. Sakai is just going to kind of stay where he's at. Where Rosenstreich, if he wins, he's going to stay where he's at as well because nobody ahead of him is fighting 
on this card. So there's no rankings to kind of jump up. But do you think the winner of this should get Curtis Blades? Or is that too much of a jump? I, th- I think yes. I, I think they should because you're, not- you're going to have a lot of uh, uh, movement going on. Yeah, we're still waiting. It looks like maybe we're going to get Derek Lewis go to- going up against the the champ, uh, yep. Francis Nagano again. We don't know what to expect from Stipe when he's come back or if he's come back. We don't know yet. Yeah, Gon's fighting Volkov. So you got them too. So the only guy left in that area is Curtis Blades. Yeah, who hasn't fought in a while. He hasn't fought since getting knocked out by uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah. Uh, So he's going to have a lot to prove to to wash out that uh, bad knockout that he had. So he's going to probably want to get going as soon as possible. And what better way than to face the winner of this? Yeah, both, both of which are knockout artists. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to get PTSD from Derek Lewis fight going against, going up against these guys. Um, th- if Ponzinibbio wasn't on this fight, this was going to be my fight in the night. But I expect this one just to be short. This isn't going five rounds. I can, <laughs> cannot see this one going to the judges. Yep. Me, me either. I just I just feel like Rosenstruck, this is terror made for him to get the first round knockout. And... If somehow he doesn't get it, then then I feel like there's a chance for Sakai to get the unanimous decision because I feel like he can he has gone the distance yeah, in his fights. Yeah, has, but Sakai has more of the striking uh, advantage, so I feel like he can get the striking and avoid anything. He just has uh, Sakai just has to watch out for that knockout shot because anytime, just like in the Overeem fight, yep. Overeem was dominating and then he got. He made one mistake and it was 30 seconds left and it cost him the fight. Yeah, I think when you're talking about Rosenstrike, anybody talking about him, yep. the fight that you're going to talk about is that overreading fight. Yep. But uh, uh, other than that, I'm looking forward to uh, UFC being back after a week off. Uh, it sucks that uh, we didn't have him last week, but I was able to celebrate Memorial Day weekend. And then now we got this going. So you can uh, watch this on Saturday night and then catch our uh, recap show uh, that's coming back on Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Facebook. So check that out. Uh, of course, you see below, we're, we're affiliated with the Sports Box. Bring your questions and your comments to the page. Somebody will likely get back to you. You can follow Sportsbox on Facebook at Sportsbox Show, Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show, and then you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then once again, as always, we are Cage My IQ, the best place for MMA content. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're at 104 uh, subscribers right now, and we're trying to get the 200 now. So if you could help us out, uh, just click subscribe on the page and follow all of our content because we do previews and recaps for all four uh, promotions, UFC, PFL, Belter, and one championship. Plus, we do interviews. I just released an interview with Brian Barbarina today, so you can check that out on the page. And then just uh, give us comments on our videos. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. And then we're we're, we're trying to help you guys out with those. But once again, 
I am your host, D-Bake. This is my co-host, Jim Belulo. And we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your uh, weekend. See you. Have a nice day. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets on Facebook at Sportsbox Show, Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.